Hey there everyone and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+. I'm your host, Annie McKinnon, an authentic coach, therapist, speaker, writer and podcaster where everyone has a voice. And today I'm really looking forward to introducing you to B. Danielle Watkins. B. Danielle is an author, a screenwriter and a filmmaker and is here today to talk about her books in more depth, her Christmas movie, Coming Home for Christmas and what's in her plans for the future. So welcome B. Danielle to the show. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, no, I I really am because I know there's a a wide range of LGBTQ plus uh, topics that we can cover in this episode. And I know that the listeners will really enjoy it just from what I've spoken to you about already. So I'm excited and and fired up to go. So uh, let's jump in. The first thing I'd like to ask you is ask all my guests this question just to get us into it. Uh, if I could give you a superpower right now, what would you want that to be and why? So if I was a superhero, which I am already right in my head, I'm a superhero anyways. But if I was a superhero with superpowers, I would be able to teleport. I would be able to go anywhere in the world at any at the blink of an eye, snap of a finger. I absolutely love that. In fact, I was speaking to my friend yesterday when we were talking about it and I said exactly the same thing. So where yeah. would where would where would be the very first place that you would uh teleport to? Um, it's cold here in Vegas right now, so Hawaii. Right. <laughs> oh, that sounds like heaven, doesn't it? Nice yes. warm sunshine. <laughs> yeah, fantastic fantastic. Okay, so you are just have got so many things going on. You're an author, you're a screenwriter, and you're a filmmaker. How yes. does all that tie into uh, the LGBTQ plus community, I guess? Honestly, now, well, not now, outside of my first three novels, literally about 97% of everything I've done has been LGBTQ. Um, I just released a novel in March of this year. That's a LGBTQ full on novel. All of my movies are LGBTQ. Like my biggest goal in my presentation of art is to ensure representation, especially of the Black LGBTQ community, because there is so much that isn't shown about us. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, I mean, I'm just really excited to hear and for you to tell us about those novels and those films and what can we expect from them? Okay, so my latest novel is called The Alice Diaries. It is written in complete diary entries. So it is like 13 years of diary entries of this woman who it starts off while she's in college and she's figuring out her sexuality. But it's going through what that looks like when you're experimenting in college and then when you decide, oh, I'm not gay, that was just a thing, it was just a phase. And then matriculating through adulthood and realizing maybe it wasn't a phase maybe this is something that I love and then heartbreak because you know young lesbians we experience heartbreak right and we go through these things and and unfortunately she doesn't survive it Um, when the book opens it says that the diary has been used in the investigation of her death so you know in the first page that she doesn't live 
Whoa, and, wow. And you realize. That's, all, that's an opening beat, Danielle. That's an opening. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my biggest thing, the, the takeaway from it was it kills your spirit to not be yourself. And I, 368 pages of you need to be yourself because if not in the end, yourself dies, whether it be figuratively or literally, that is the takeaway from the Alice Diaries mask and this layered, you know, diary entry storyline and sex and all these different things that seem really entertaining. It's such a deeper message. Wow. I mean, we're absolutely on the right page because I eat, sleep, talk, write, podcast, authenticity and being myself and just being able to go out that door, just being who we are regardless of what that means to any of us, you know, uh, without judgment. I have a hardcover right there. Send me your address. I'm going to sign for you. Oh, wow. Well, that is just so sweet. Thank you. Because I I was just about to say I was like, wait, before I promise it, I had to make sure (laughs) it was over there. But yeah, definitely or email it to me or whatever we need to do. And I'll get that to you this week. So you have one. Fantastic. You know, I'm in the UK, don't you? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I'm really excited to to read that. So I want what I'm curious about, uh, B. Danielle, is when those diaries, did that have a reflection on your personal experience or were you sitting down writing diary entries just from from your head? Luckily, it, a lot of it just came from my head because she goes through a lot and even though I know that is the narrative in the community that a lot of people do not have these pretty stories and these fairy tale Disney coming out stories, right? I do, weirdly enough. Um, I do have a character that is intertwined with some of the women that I've dealt with. But overall, the story is just completely from the top of my head. How can I tell this story and how can I give this you know I probably maybe say a couple things that could have been said one time before but ultimately the things that she goes through and her thought processes are all the characters not mine okay no that that's great to hear I mean you're a screenwriter and a filmmaker so I'm guessing that that creativity that visual that is just there as part of being you it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a curse, but absolutely. <laughs> so so that's the latest uh novel. Tell us yes. where did it all begin? What writing? Just, oh gosh. Just oh. your just your journey. Where did it all begin? I'm really curious uh to know. My, my first poem was published. I was 15. That was in the year 2000. So wow, that's 22 years ago. Wow. Oh, now. Okay. So, <laughs> so I um, you know, back then the internet was like this new phenomenon, right? Where everybody had America Online and you're getting on there and doing these different things. And I had randomly, because I grew up in New York, winters are cold, and you know, I'm sitting on the computer because I can't do anything else. And I found a space where you could enter your poetry. And I had been writing poetry because it was easy. Yeah, from nine years years old, right? 
from nine years old. Uh, for yeah. years, I was young writing poetry. And then in the summers, what was crazy was, I mean, the winters, my friends and I would get like notebooks, like, you know, just spiral notebooks. And we would write full stories in them. And then at church, we would switch them off and read each other's books, you know? So I had already been writing. So I sent two poems in to this place. I don't recall what it was. And I get this message back like, hey, we want to publish your work. I didn't oh. even tell my parents. Like, I went and like got their credit card to buy the book. And like, I did this whole thing. And then this book shows up and I have a published poem and nobody knew. What does that feel like? Nothing. Because I, I, it completely went over my head. Really? It like literally, it completely, it wasn't until my first novel got published um, in 2011 that I was like, I've done this kind of before you know and I realized I was like oh no because I had no intention on doing any of what I do now and I was like oh no wait maybe I am a writer because I'm like no I'm going to be a school psychologist and I'm going to be in this other world and you know and I'm like oh wait I've been writing for a long time and here I am with now a deal to write books and I'm like oh is that what I'm supposed to be doing (laughs) Yeah, and isn't it interesting that, I mean, I hear this a lot from people that they'll write, whether it's articles or blogs or poems or or whatever it is they love to write about, but they don't feel as if they can use that title of writer until they've written a novel. What is that about? I don't know. (laughs) Because I honestly, I didn't say I was a writer probably until I started writing movies. Wow. And I had yeah. already written like four novels at that point. So that I don't I, that, that wasn't comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, you're taught like success is very, you know, relative, right? And you're taught that success me looks like New York Times bestseller, or it looks like all these strangers have bought your book. But so you when you're starting out you're like, oh, I'm not a writer because I don't have the numbers or you're not a writer because only my friends bought the book or my friends and their friends bought the book. I only sold 150 books, you know, not that you sat and wrote a novel, but Mm. you don't really connect the two because we're ingrained that success looks a certain way and I can't have that title until I have the accolades to go with it. And it took a while for me to get out of that and realize that as long as I'm writing, I am a writer. And I had to, I started teaching when I teach my classes, I, they come in there's, oh no, I'm not. No, you are a writer because you're here. So you teach classes? I do. Oh, tell us about, about that. I am a personal writing coach. So people can hire me to help them write whatever they want, novels, screenplays, things like that. But I also host classes. I go to a lot of film festivals and teach filmmaking, but I also have hosted um, online writing courses. And I go through and I just, you know, help them start their novels, help them outline, help them do different things, teach them the fundamentals of what it means to write a novel and then send them off to do their stuff. Oh gosh, that sounds so interesting. I mean, I have, I, I write, I write some blogs and articles and, and things like that, but I've not yet got around to the no, the novel writing. So I might just join that at some point. Okay, well, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, come on. 
So what what's your favorite book that you've written? Favorite novel? That I've written. Yeah. Hmm. The second one. Okay, which was called? It was called Red Eye. Now I love Alice A. Diaries. When I say I love it, it is amazing. It also is what made me a bestseller author, right? However, my second novel, I think, is one of the most interesting things I'd ever written because it was almost true. Because my first series, I started writing when I was in college. And I started writing it because I had a boyfriend and, you know, I was all in love. And you start writing a story that, you know, emulates the relationship you're in. And then we broke up. Okay. So then I create this world to finish the story. But then when I did the second book, a lot of what we went through, I put in the second book. So there's so much of myself in that second novel. The first one and the third one, not so much. Okay. But it's a full series, right? Mm. So the story all goes together, but there was so much in that second novel that was just a reflection of who I was at the time. And it was also the first time I introduced the LGBTQ character. Oh, okay. And I was already lesbian when I did that. Cause you know, it didn't come out until years later, but uh, yeah, Red Eye is my, like, I can read Red Eye like I never wrote it. You okay? Pers- oh, even though it's personal? Yes, I can read it like it's not for me and I can be into it like I don't know what happened. I love Red Eye. Wow. Well, there's another one for the list and I'll certainly be, <laughs> I'll certainly be putting all the list uh, in the description when we go live with us because I'm sure a lot of people uh, will be wanting to pick up these books. Oh, so yeah. writing journey, that came first, yeah? What? Your writing journey before screenwriting and filmmaking. Yes, yeah. yes I um. I didn't become a screenwriter until 2013. Okay. How did that come about? um, Actually, my friends had read read the books and stuff like that. And they're like, you should write movies. And I'm like, eh, I didn't want to write the books. So I didn't want to write movies. But um, one of my friends who is a professor at Prairie View in Texas, she um, sent me, Will Smith was having a contest, a screenwriting contest. And everybody knows I like totally love Will Smith. Like there's three families I love and Smith, the Smiths are one of them. And I was like, okay, yes. If Will Smith sees my screenplay, I'm amazing. Uh, you know, young and naive. <laughs> and the concept was you had to write a pilot episode for a family show. But I was so green in the industry. I didn't realize that family show meant like a Disney channel show. What I created was a show based on a family that was like in Louisiana, rooted in like a serial killer, aristocratic type situation. And it completely was not what was asked for and it got disqualified. So, <laughs> But fair, fair point, family show. I mean, that can be interpreted yeah. quite a but few different ways, can't it? Industry, I know that family is a genre. I didn't know that at the time. Right. So to me, it was like, oh, my interpretation of a family show. Yes. And I rate this amazing hour long script and it gets disqualified. But I use that as my application to start working for a production company in Atlanta. 
and they produced it. And in that moment, I instantly became a screenwriter and I have been writing movies ever since. Wow. So what, what was that experience like? What did that feel like? That is surreal. Even right now, I have, I've had a um, television series. I have movie, a movie that's on streaming networks right now. And I watch it and I'm like, when my name pops up, it's like, huh, I wrote, I made that movie. Like our, um, my Christmas movie, fingers crossed will be on Peacock in a couple of weeks. And I keep telling people if, and when that deal goes through and I'm on Peacock, like for 90 days, nobody can tell me anything <laughs> for 90 days. I'm going to be a complete problem in the world. Mm, gosh, Christmas movie. So Peacock <laughs> is, yeah. I'm wondering if that is something that people in the UK and other countries would be able to tune into. Is it a streaming? Um, I know right now, do you, so you guys have Amazon video, yeah. right? Amazon, Amazon Prime. Yeah. So right. It is on Amazon Prime too. Ah, great. So um, people in other countries can't see it. I don't know. I know Tubi is in Canada. I don't know if it's there. Okay. But it's also on Tubi. But I know for sure it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Great. Well, again, I'll put the list of movies in the description as well so that people can link into those. So you find out about this in the next couple of weeks. For Peacock, yes, but right. everything else, um, like Tubi is already out. It came out November 1st because it's the beginning of the holiday season. Of course. So um, my Christmas movie is already streaming. Um, I bought it on Amazon because it's not free on Amazon until December 1st, but I'm like, I need to support myself. So I bought, you know, I bought the movie and it's already there. So everything else is just like the icing on the cake. Wow. I mean, that just sounds so, as you said, surreal. Yes. You know, when you're talking about the books, it's almost like you sort of turn those out because you had all those ideas in your head. But then along comes screenwriting for a movie. Mm -hmm. What was the difference in the feeling between writing the books and then screenwriting? What was the difference? Because I noticed when... I know people can't see see us, but I noticed when you were talking about screenwriting, you just let up. Because screenwriting comes with more. You know, when you write a novel, once you write the book and it's selling, it kind of does its own thing. When you write a movie, there's such a process because then you you write the characters and then you have to cast the characters and you find people to bring these characters to life and then you create the film. Right. And then once it's done and edited and then you watch the movie, you're watching that however many page screenplay play out in front of you. And it's such a different experience than the novel writing life. Right. Um, that's that's the biggest difference is it is also a difference in how you write them, because I had been writing screenplays for eight years before I did Alice A. Diaries. And I had to come back from being a screenwriter and be like, okay, you're a novelist. You have to write as such. And it was almost kind of different. Like it was like, okay, turn that part back on because screenplays are bare bones because you know it's a visual as opposed to writing a novel when you have to create the mental visual. Mm. And it 
you know, and to be able to switch between the two, honestly, is God. Because <laughs> when I sat down to do LSA Diaries, I was like, I forgot how to do this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So there's distinct differences. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering why you were talking. Uh were you involved in the casting process? And the reason why I'm asking you that is because every time I think I read the book, I imagine the characters, what they look like. And then sometimes when they bring out the movie, I'm like, what? No, <laughs> he doesn't suit that part or she doesn't or, or whatever, you know. So were you involved in that casting process? Yes, that is part of the reason why I will probably never make my books into movies because they are so descriptive in who and what these characters are. I just, I'm sure there's somebody in the world, but I don't want to ever take away from that. But yes, I am a producer as well. So any movie that I'm producing, I'm sitting in the middle of the casting. I'm watching, uh, as a matter of fact, we're casting right now for a movie in January that we're filming and I'm watching every single audition video and I'm a part of all of the process. Wow, that it just sounds so interesting to go through that process yeah it is you know and then and then to finally see it on the screen as well yes and it is that's when you're just sitting there like and then sometimes when during the editing process you watch the movie a thousand times right because you have to fine-tune and all of that but once you're removed from that and you see it again for the first time in the movie theater you know when you have the premiere or you're watching it on a television screen it is such a almost a relief you know it's like wow I did it and I've been saying wow I did it for like the last nine years but every movie is the same exact wow mm. but it. but saying that wow I did it tells me that you still have that passion for screenwriting and going well, through that process you know that's clear you know when I'm talk when I'm talking about it so premieres what's your premieres like Oh, they're amazing. They're red carpets and gowns. And like, I have one December 10th. I can't wait. We have a, it's a two movie night, Christmas dinner premiere. And we're playing two of my, my new films. And I have this amazing dress, <laughs> you know, like. Okay, it's tell, a, no, tell us about the dress. Tell us about okay. the dress. <laughs> because it's a Christmas, it's not Christmas movies by far, but it's a Christmas themed event. It's this red dress and it has this like big to do on the side. And I have these black and red shoes that are like the perfect match. I'm super excited. Black <laughs> and, black and red part. shoes. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, that sounds amazing. It really I'll be does. stressed out the entire premiere because that's the moment the public sees us for the first time, right? And I like I had never been drunk before. My very first premiere, I was 30. And I got drunk because I couldn't deal. I could not take it. And I'm sure it'll happen on December 10th because <laughs> it, it's so nerve wracking as tickets are selling, right? Mm. And you see the numbers that people are buying VIP tickets and you see that there's going to be an audience. It's like to one or two things are going to happen. They're going to love it or they're not. And you're going to hear it. You know, we have, and we sit in the theater and we listen to the reactions and we watch people, you know, and it's as amazing as it is until the movie is over. You don't even breathe. Yeah, because you're in you're in that real time, I guess, in the face of judgment right there. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly you know I, I, I love that she was great or you know that was shit that was terrible right, or, yeah and people start whispering you're like is that is that about us or is that their personal business you know <laughs> you know and it's just so and then we always do a talk back at the end with the cast members and myself mm. and you know if I directed you know or however we do it and we listen to the audience you know nine times out of ten the movie is done we're not going to do anything different but as we're listening to what they're saying it's like okay so next time we can do this or yes this is what the audience needed okay so so again real-time feedback yeah so that you can take forward and I guess just really improve what it is you're doing and in, in your line of work which yeah. again is is just amazing so it's a two-night Tonight, you said? No, it's one night. Oh, one night. Okay. There's two movies in one night. Oh, two movies in one night. Okay. But the first movie is only like an hour. And the second one is an hour and like 40 minutes. And we have dinner for everybody. So it's just like a big to-do with movies. Wow. That That sounds really amazing. It really does. I've just got visual of the oscars or something like that going <laughs> yeah, on yeah. that's how we're dressed like yes we are dressed down like walking the red carpet taking pictures that's what the vip is for to be able to take pictures with us and all of that well you know what my next my next thing i'm going to say is be danielle i hope you're going to send me pictures <laughs> absolutely of that dress <laughs> and those shoes because it just sounds awesome okay so so that this is a premiere. So what, tell us a bit about the LGBTQ uh, plus characters. You said you had introduced introduced a character. Can you tell us a bit about that? In the second book, that one yeah. character. Well, those <laughs> two characters. Um, so the main character, her name is Daynell. Um, she leaves North Carolina and moves to Los Angeles. And she answers an ad for a roommate but she moves in with a lesbian couple. So the entire time she's in LA, she's learning, you know, this couple and one of them is a model and the other one is like an actress and they're all in LA trying to figure it out together. And they're from the island. So they're, I wrote in Patois. So everything that they say has this accent and, you know, they're loving and then, they're not. And then one of them gets a crush on her, you know, it's so many different elements. And that was, yeah, like I said, that was the very first time I had ever written an LGBTQ character. Mm. Okay. And was there, was there a feeling behind that and how that would be, I guess, taken on by readers? No, I didn't was, care. You didn't care. Good. Yeah. I, I never care, but I didn't care because there, I mean, we're here right yeah. and their representation representation again is so important mm. and yes it was a straight book but I'm not a straight writer so to me it was unfair to act as if we don't exist and I'm the one writing it sure sure I get that I get yeah. that so so the book goes out as a primarily a straight book with LGBTQ plus characters Right. Did you receive any feedback about that from your readers? Um, nobody had anything to say about her. Ah, okay. That's interesting, huh? Because the story, I mean, honestly, and this is with anything, if the storyline 
and is authentic and good. Recognizing sexuality should not happen. Yeah. And and I'm hoping, I mean, I'm hoping that as you say that, is it's because it just doesn't matter to people. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's normal, it's, it's life. Mm. Every, you know, everybody has a preference, everybody has a choice, everybody has this, everybody has that, and everybody's going to live their own life in that manner. That doesn't mean that you get upset because there's a, a gay character in the book. There's a gay yeah. character in your world, I'm sure. So there's yeah. no need to be upset that the book has it when I'm sure you know somebody right now just like her. Absolutely, yeah. I think I'm just thinking about you know, things that are going on over the world and yeah. how that, how cool, how cool that is that you've put that book out and it's appearing like it just doesn't matter at all. And that's, that, that, that's just how I'd love the world to be. And that's how I try to do anything. Um, My sitcom that was out 3030, you know, that was every time I did an interview, it was like, yes, we're lesbians, right? Who cares? If you see us as just normal people who happen to date women, you'll enjoy the show far more than yeah. you will trying to pinpoint our sexuality. It's so that true, has isn't it? Always been my message. Now, I do a lot of controversial films. Don't get me wrong. I do a lot of things that are very controversial, but at the end of the day, I carry myself in life as a person. I don't, yeah. You know, I don't lead with. I'm lesbian. Yeah. I don't lead with that. So yeah. there's no my work to lead with it. However, I will represent, especially in a, a positive manner, what sure. my work looks like. Yeah. And and again, it's bringing it back to just being who we are without yes. a label, without having to sort of explain to the world who we are. Yes. You know, as you said, you're a person, we're, we're human beings why do why would anything else matter exactly That's... and to some people it doesn't and then to there there are people who are just hell-bent <laughs> on focusing in and honing in on this thing you know they're they're so worried about everything that they shouldn't be you know yeah. Yeah. so you know there's this whole you know I and I say is that we we kind of live in a pseudo sense of comfortability because there are more people who don't accept us than do but yeah. for don't do is such a blanket of comfort mm, absolutely and I'm wondering you know the people that don't as human beings are not just struggling with LGBTQ plus people they're struggling with life and difference in general yeah they're they're just sucky humans you know and that's okay you you can you know the world won't be complete without sucky humans but that's what they are that's true. That's very true. We need we we need difference in all areas, don't we? Because it, I guess a lot of the time it makes the world more interesting, uh, except when there's, you know, hate crimes and violence for people, which I, I never like to see or hear about. So yeah, that so that that's the premiere for the, the Christmas movie. You oh, were talking Oh you, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's you okay. made me think about something when you brought about premiere. We had a hate crime happen at one of my premieres here in Vegas. Um, they set the LGBTQ center on fire while we were in it for my wow. documentary premiere. Um, and this girl who looked like a lesbian, like when I say hands down, looked like she was a part of the community. 
she said that Oprah told her to set the community center on fire. So we're in the LGBT center. It's during Pride weekend and we're showing my movie and the center is on fire. And so we, you know, obviously we have to rush out and all this other stuff. And she's standing out there watching the building burn. Nobody was hurt. Nothing had really happened. But that was the first time I realized that somebody could hate me and not know my name. Because she didn't know us. She had Mm -hmm. no idea. All she knew was that the gays had congregated in the space. And if I burn it down, I eliminate them. I'm wondering also, it sounds like there may have been um, a bit of sort of mental health issues oh, going on there. You know, when absolutely. you say that Oprah had yeah. had told her, you know, it sounds like there was a lot more going on there than, yeah, yeah than, but she, than hate. She had this but, wow. manifesto as to eliminating the gays. And it was one of my movie premieres. And yeah, hate crime instantly. And I'm just like, how did how did I become a victim of a hate crime I'm I'm just nice cool person and I that was the moment I realized that no matter how good of a person you are hate is hate and they don't care it doesn't have a face it doesn't have a name it didn't matter it's so disappointing isn't it it is but I don't care (laughs) but they can try to burn me down yeah but you think you know just try and get to know someone and then make a judgment but I hope no one was hurt in that fire. No, nobody was hurt. Um, Everybody yes. got out. We were able to, like, I think before the, even the fire trucks got there, some of my friends that were there went and put the fire out because what she did was the LGBT center has, obviously it's this massive space and it has a library. So what she did was get books off the shelves and light the books on fire and put them in the floor. So it was a lot more smoke mm. than it was anything else. But yeah. the damage and you know destroying of the books and things like that. But yeah, nobody was hurt. Yeah, I don't, I just can't even begin to imagine how someone their thinking process. I just can't even begin to imagine what that's like. Right. You know, to go into a building and set books on fire with mm-hmm. the intention of killing everyone in that room. I just I can't get my head around that at all. Me either, and I lived it. <laughs> and yeah. I can't make sense to me at all. Yeah, and did that have any effect on you going forward? No, it almost made me more vigilant. Now, my mom, you know, was stressing her out. Like, you know, you're out here living, you're famous for being gay. You got to stop. People are trying to kill you, you know. But for me, it was kind of like, that's a sign of something is happening. So I have to keep being loud somebody hears it you know so I have to keep doing it everybody's not gonna like it that's fine but I have to there there's a need for it so no it didn't really it didn't do anything but I mean I was already working hard I probably started working harder mm. yeah there's just that it's just that's just you it's just within you that it just has to be spoke about filmed written about you know um no, that's absolutely that's absolutely amazing. You just we all have to have a voice, don't we? Yeah, we do. We all <laughs> have a voice, you know, and it's about sometimes just 
again it's about difference isn't it and just appreciating and having I think compassion for for difference um whether we agree with it or whether we don't because we're not going to like everything and nobody does I don't like everything exactly (laughs) I'm not getting ready to watch that and that's fine but there's yeah. also that i watch that people are like how like the new chucky series i am a chucky fan oh, everybody okay. <laughs> people think it's crazy i love it i can't wait till wednesdays you know and, and it's just we again preferences exactly. we all that. i don't have to hate you because you don't like chucky and you don't have to hate me because i make lesbian movies exactly and you're not going to walk in somewhere and set someone in fire because someone thinks differently from you so that just that just brings back to me there's there's so much mental health uh yeah. issues going on in this world and it's just really sad really sad yeah yeah so not, not that you've told us enough already but what else have you got for us B Danielle um when when is this coming out this uh probably in the next couple of weeks two three okay, weeks so- so should I talk about the Christmas movie and what it's about maybe so that like yep. since it'll around the time? Okay. Yeah, that'd so, be good. Yeah. Tell us about the Christmas movie. My Christmas movie is called Coming Home for Christmas. It is the first all black LGBTQ holiday film ever to be put on a mainstream platform. Wow. What an achievement. I know. Isn't that crazy? Congratulations. <laughs> no, that is such an achievement. And it's about an older lesbian couple in their 50s who have five adopted daughters that are all lesbian. And in their made family, there's so many different things. There's, there's sex work. You know, we're battling homelessness and drug abuse and past traumas, bisexuality. There's so many different layers to what a family is. And they're all under one roof for the first time in years for Christmas. Okay. That sounds and like I, it's, it's going to be chaos. It, <laughs> yes, it, and it is. And there are funny moments and there are sad moments and there are tender moments. And at the end of the day, what it showed, and there's a major trans storyline. The um the mother, one of the mothers wants to transition. And that's a whole nother beast in the lesbian community, as we all know. And we're bringing light to everybody's not always as accepting as Mm -hmm. television might make it seem, you know, because television will make the world believe that if your partner wants to transition that every lesbian is like, yes, babe, absolutely. And that's not true because, you know, transitioning changes identity. Yeah. And that doesn't always sit well, love or not. And it, it was so many different things we wanted to make sure. And then um, random, we filmed it during the pandemic. So literally the world is shut down and we're making this movie, you know, and nobody knows if we're going to catch COVID because like who, <laughs> who's been telling, we're not filming with mask on in 2020. And it came, we, we produced such an amazing product out of, what really was a very dark time in the entire world, not just in the United States, but in the entire world, when the entire world was crippled. Yeah. This was our product out of it. Wow. And where's that showing? That's the one that um we, we, 
We don't know if you'll see it on Peacock, but you can see it on Amazon. Ah, right. Okay. This is the one on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just coming home for Christmas. Just so we know where to tune in and watch it. It sounds yeah. really, really good, actually. Yeah. It is. It really is an amazing story. Mm. And just as fun as any other Hallmark or Lifetime holiday film. It's the same feeling. It, it has, there's no difference. The only difference is the representation. Yeah. Yeah. And again, another message that you're getting out there to the, the world, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So any plans, any plans for anything else or are you, because it sounds I'm like you've always got something on. I do. We have a movie we're getting ready to film in January. That's going to take a month to film. Um, I literally just came up with two movie ideas last night that I need to write before January so that they can get approved by the distribution company so that we can put them on calendar for next year. Um, can you tell us anything about them? Yes, it's another Christmas movie okay. that will probably not come out until 2024 because of how the season falls and when we'll be able to film, but that's fine. That one is a fun, more... Um, it's not about family, more about friends and love and, you know, law, lost love. Yeah. Um, yeah. This year, um, I was able to reconnect with my first girlfriend from 20 years ago. How did that and go? It was amazing for 30 days and then, you know, whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the idea that love can come back in such a strong way was very influential for me. Yeah. Okay. So to be able to now put together a story, not our story, but put together a story mixed with the holiday spirit of Love Returned. I'm super excited for that. Yeah. And then I want to do a lesbian horror movie. Okay. I'm and sure I'm sure I'm sure that'll be easy to do. <laughs> right. Everything's scary for us, right? <laughs> But I really want to do something almost not not like Jaws because that's in the water, but the the thought process with Jaws where you never saw the threat and it was terrifying. It was terrifying. And, and people are dying and you don't know what's killing them. People are things are happening and you don't know why. Okay. So that's I want to do that next year as well. But something else. It sounds like you just don't rest. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I rest. What does that even mean? The creative mind is always going. And I guess that's taking me back to the very beginning when you said uh, you didn't even plan in getting into all this, that you were going to be um, a psychologist, was it you said? Uh, yeah. Have you been able to bring any of that with you along, your, along yeah, the way? I have a degree in psychology. Like I was literally going <laughs> to be a psychologist. I went to school and I had a double major in elementary education and psychology so that I could be a school psychologist. And then, yeah. So what I do is I use my study that I had of the mind to kind of certain things and certain aspects and certain behaviors that I learned and understood out of the DSM-4 and different things like that for different characters I'm able to tap into and have a different type of understanding as opposed to just saying oh well, this person has body dysphoria oh there's more to it there's a mental piece of that that is authentic because I understand you, you know you can but, go deeper yeah yeah I really I really like that idea I really like that idea that you're going deeper than 
obviously the surface levels of people with your psychology understanding right exactly yeah which which will automatically just produce much better work in right. my opinion but you're right and because I don't I won't write anything I don't understand mm. like um the very first time I got hired to write about trans I wasn't really well informed you know so what I did was I put out a, a call for trans men to send in videos and talk about what happened, why they transitioned and all these different things. And I got about 13 different videos and each story was different. And I was able to get an understanding of what it truly meant to feel that way and what it truly meant. And everybody wasn't a happy ending. You know, a lot of those videos were a lot of tears. Mm. And there were some people who were beyond jubilant because they finally were themselves. And to be able to see that range and learn made me able to write and say different things from a trans perspective. Sure, sure. No, and and that and that's the only way to do it, isn't it? Is to yeah. learn from people that have gone through that journey themselves yeah. and either come out of it or, as you said, there was there was smiles, there was tears, uh, and that that is life, isn't it? It's a it's yeah. a struggle. Uh, but I get, I guess another question I've got going around my head as I speak to you is, B. Danielle, is there anything you haven't done? No. <laughs> oh, so, so yeah. No. So, so there's nothing left on the list that you think, oh, I quite fancy that. As I'm looking at all my movie posters, um, I've done a movie that was like inspired by something in my life. I've done horror shorts I've done erotica I've done documentary I've done political I've done comedy I've done drama no so what does the future hold everything 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 because I'm not done Mm. so what's left what's left everything because there's can you can you name a a a couple of things that you you just really want to get out there into the world yes my movie in january Mm -hmm. that we're doing i am so excited for that story to be told because again it's about the humanity of us despite sexuality and you know and this one is about following your dreams and being able to say I had to live for me and love came in the process. Oh, I love that. So I, I'm super excited for that movie. Wow. I'm, well, I'm like the star in that movie. So I'm super excited. So you're actually in the movie. I am. I'm the star in that particular movie. And I wrote it, right? That's crazy. <laughs> oh, that, that is, that is just amazing. You need to send me a list of all the books all the movies what's oh, yeah, coming out so that I can so that I can put it in the description because I know for sure I'm going to go through every single one of them <laughs> so okay. yeah so what would be the main thing message that you would like to leave our listeners with be Danielle my message is always the same across the board be you and be you well there's no other you. You're all, you're the only you in, in the entire world. So you have the best of the ability to do whatever you want with that. 
So just do it. Yeah, be be that best best version of ourselves right. is the ultimate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're the only version. So we're the only we're the only person that we're competing with because we're the only one that's us. So just do it. So true. So true. Yeah. Feel the fear and do it anyway. That's what I'm picking Feel up. It. Yes. <laughs> all the time. No matter how scared, because everything I do, I'd be stressed out. But <laughs> do it anyways. Yeah, you you do it anyway, and then you think, what was that all about? It wasn't even half as bad as I thought it would be in my head. You know, right. the brain, what a complex organ it is. So, uh, so if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, the easiest way is probably social media. Okay. Um, I hate social media, but I have it. You know, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> me too but in this 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 day and age there i don't don't think there's much choice is there well there is a choice we can we can choose not to be on there but then you know the the good thing about it is is that we're able to interact with our audiences you know and as a coach and a therapist that's how i do it it's through (laughs) social media you know so yeah so yeah my website too actually my website is probably easier just be daniellewatkins.com the comment section and it'll come directly to my email and that's probably the easiest way because social media like instagram i try to avoid i don't even have the notifications on um i deleted my fan page on facebook so i still only have my personal page but you know you can find me it's not a big deal so yeah my website so so through the website and again i'll put that in in the description be danielle thank you so much for taking the time to to do this episode I've really really enjoyed it and yeah it's felt like fun it really has I had fun too thank you so much for having me I was so excited when I got the email yeah no it's it's been great uh and I'd also love to thank the listeners uh and tune in next week for the next episode of let's talk all things LGBTQ plus thank you